0: Welcome, welcome to the third episode of Thoughts of In The Journey podcast. I'm your host, Sharina Carstens, and today's topic is the uncomfortable truth of change. Firstly, as always, I want to thank everybody who is tuned in to this episode, everybody who has listened to an episode and everybody who is sharing and telling a friend to tell a friend. Please do keep sharing. We want to build our podcast community, our village, and um, we want to keep having these types of conversations. So let's get into the uncomfortable truth of change. Wow. Wow. What a time to be alive. And I think that this topic is actually very timely to the season that we're in and with things and what is going on around the world. Um, today's topic is not privy to those things, but I think it's a generic one that actually can, can be implemented now for what's going on. But also in general, in your life, um, this can be implemented so that you can be a better person, make better decisions and challenge the areas that actually um, you're scared of or challenge the areas in your life that actually could be a little bit more developed if you just put a little extra time into it. So change apart from death is the only thing that is guaranteed in life. In this life, you can be promised that changes and change will occur, good and bad. And the truth is, we have to ask ourselves the question, How do we make changes when we may be in a stagnant way or we might be stuck in our thoughts? We may be stuck in a way of understanding and some of us may not even know that we're stuck um, as to why we might need to make a change. Um, I'm going to go into this a little bit deeper in terms of using a personal experience so that um, you can see how and why I'm talking about these things. So for me. I needed to make a change in my life. Um, And the biggest change I needed to make realistically was acknowledging, number one, what I'm here for, my purpose. And number two, becoming selfless so that I could then help other people, you know? Um, And you might think, oh, but you've always been like that. Actually, I wasn't. (laughs) Actually, many moons ago, I was very selfish, very self-centered, very much about me, me, me. Um, and that kind of stemmed from, as I've said in previous podcasts, that my life started when I was in care. And through that cycle, um, I was there was a lot of things that were denied to me. And so as I grew up, I felt it was my God given right to provide structure and security around myself and kind of believing that only I could give that to myself, whatever that looked like, whether that was I control the type of job that I got or I controlled just everything around me so that nobody could be the reason for my pain or the reason that I could point a finger or the reason that they could sabotage something that I really wanted to do. Now, I realised later on in life, in my teens, and I'd say 18s, 19s, them ages, that this wasn't a useful mentality to have. But it was a, a, um, a habit that I had bestowed for many years that at the time, I didn't even know was a habit, because to me, it was my life, you know. And when you have been a certain way for so very long, you don't know how to change. And actually change can be so daunting. It can be so scary. And the truth is you're scared of what is on the other side. Will I be able to adapt? What does it look like? Um, how, how will I, Mrs. Quote, controlling, look in that environment that I cannot control? You know, that's what it looked like for me. And in my 20-somethings, I really had to let it go. I had to understand that change um, occurs anyway, regardless if I try and hold on, regardless if um, I try and deter something. If it's meant to happen, it's going to happen, you know? So some of the ways that I worked on my change was my mentality, the way that I thought. I really had to do a lot of work on myself through self-development, um, through getting some qualifications and to go therapy as well because some of my thought patterns were based upon what was said on me when I was young number one um some of the belief systems of the people that I grew up around number two and they weren't necessarily conducive to the environment that I was hoping to get into, which could have been you know things like going to university or um being able to get a good job or just seeing myself in the future in a better place. You know, some people just didn't see that for me because of where I'd come from. So in my 20 somethings, I had to work on a lot. I had to, yeah, as I said, I had to work on my mental capacity. I had to work on my belief system. And I don't necessarily mean religious. I mean, simple things. Do you believe in yourself? If you say yes, what do you believe about yourself? Do you need to wait for someone to give you an accolade to believe that that thing is good? For example, if you've done a drawing and you thought the drawing drawing was amazing and then you show this drawing to someone and someone's like, oh my goodness, that's the worst I've seen, how would you feel? Are you empowered enough to say, okay, that's your opinion, but you know what, I really love this and keep moving? Or you're the type of person where you take that comment on and then stop doing the thing that you really love doing. So that was kind of where I was at. So mentality was one. Mental well-being was another because I was very um, traumatized from a lot of different things which meant that my mind was very closed to being able to feel. So not being able to feel emotion. I was very numb which meant that even being nice to someone was an issue. And that was nothing to do with my past. Even somebody I met that day, being kind to them, I felt in my mindset and the way that I was. Why do I need to be kind? No one's been kind to me. And everyone's treated me this particular way, so I'm just going to be like this. (laughs) Bearing in mind, this new person has no idea who you are. And then they then have to take on this horrific (laughs) mentality. And it's not their fault, you know? So that was another thing another area i really had to um change was my belief so belief system as in what do i think about myself but belief system in how i project what i would like in my life so if i'm asking or believing in myself that i'm gonna um get a job actually believing in myself you know and and knowing i've got the capabilities According to if I work hard and I do what's right and I keep focused and all these things that you know, what really you can do whatever you want to do, you know, Um, so your belief system, belief system about yourself, and then belief system that you predict, you know, Um, the other area that I had to change, I had lied to myself a lot growing up. And that was simply to make myself feel good. And the truth was, it made me feel worse. (laughs) And I had to stop lying to myself. And some of those lies were just things like trying to fit in with a crowd that you didn't fit in with simply because you were made to be different. But because I hadn't utilised what my passion purpose was, um, I saw being different as a problem rather than it was my gift, you know? And being able to sit well in that and just know you're meant to be different, you know? So that was another area I had to not lie to myself. So as you can see, just a few things I've mentioned, my mind, my thoughts, the way I saw myself, what I projected out, how I spoke about myself, um, stop lying to myself. These were mini changes, um, to the process of the big change, you know? Um, and what this led to was a mental breakdown. <laughs> You're going to be like, what? <laughs> it led to a mental breakdown because a lot of reasons we don't want to change is because there's layers as to why we're not changing. And every layer that I unplucked, what was I telling myself? What was I projecting? What lies I told? All of those were for a reason and those reasons Pulled, if you want to say the tree out the roots, my favorite analogy, and unplucked all kinds of things that I didn't even know was buried. And therefore, my brain couldn't take it and it collapsed, you know, mentally, spiritually, physically, it collapsed. And so that was the beginning of my change. And to some, they'll be like, whoa. But for me, oh, It was the most liberating feeling in the whole wide world. I felt so free after that. I was excited to start again. Change is gonna come Based on what you do We'll determine what it looks like to you. One thing we have to kind of remember is that, you know, we make a choice to like, want to make a change or we make a decision. And sometimes we don't foresee how that journey is going to look. We just say, oh, I want to be changed. And we think of a few things And then we just hope that we're just going to hop, skip and jump and we'll be there. When the truth is, often change is dirty. Often change is going to require tears. Change is going to require you to dig deep. Change is going to force you to hit some benchmarks that you try to avoid your whole life or your whole whatever the point in time is, you know. Um, Change is going to force you to hit a new level of determination you know change is gonna g-check you it's gonna be like yo <laughs> why are you doing that you know change will also force you to stretch and grow but not by the way that you saw fit i'm telling you you will grow through pain like you won't even see it at the time it's only after you'll say to yourself oh my goodness I can't believe I went through that and I'm still alive. Or I can't believe I went through that and I'm still sane, you know? So just remember that. Change is a process made up of many layers of consistent habits. And the truth is a lot of our habitual behaviours stem from somewhere outside of us. So therefore, a lot of the things we tend to do, until we stop and have a look back, we don't realise that it's not all of our manifestation of why we're doing something. Um, so only when I started to pull back the layers, mentally and all that kind of stuff, I realised, oh my goodness, I've been thinking this particular way this whole time. And that's why I couldn't see the broader spectrum when things were coming my way. Or I could only see one side of the coin. Now, when your vision is um, impaired, that can block so many things, mentally, spiritually, um, and even physically, you know, you won't see both sides and you kind of need to be able to, in order to change. You can't just have one opinion and just go with that opinion, you know? Um, so I'm gonna, um, tell you a few of the G check points that I went through, um, And just to let you know, my change has been over the course of eight years. But my real change has been in the last three. Um, So eight years it started. And then three years ago to now, I would say this is where I've been really um, chiseled and like tested and fried and all of that. And I feel like my character now is so far removed from even who I was just five years ago you know so I'm just going to give you some g checkpoints as to what I did to help me realize why I wanted to change and how I was going to sort of go about that and you know just understand like it's not all going to be gravy that's the truth it's not all going to be gravy you're going to uncover things you don't like about yourself you're going to uncover areas that might not be your fault, you know, Um but yeah, let's get into it, so my first G-checkpoint is why, why do you want to change, now I know sort of sometimes we hear in business like, what's your why, but your, your why is super important, because your why is connected to your your emotional, you know, so the why comes from the heart, like what is stemming you to do that thing, you know, my why was because I just felt that I could do more in my life. And I I knew that something was holding me back and down. I knew that I was not at my full capacity. I knew that there must be more because my brain and my ideas were always raging, but the will and the action just never connected. And I always just put it down to that's how my life's supposed to be. But no, (laughs) it wasn't. So why? Why do you want to change? And equally, on the flip side to why do you want to change, why do you think you haven't changed? What are the areas in your life that you personally know? And this has got to be brutal honesty to yourself. What areas in your life do you know and are aware of that are stopping you from the want to change? Yeah, so it starts with the thought, I would like to change. Okay, the next bit is why. Why do you want to change? So I wanted to change because I knew there was more for me. And I, looking back on my family history, some of the things that I foresaw myself doing, I had never seen it before, you know? And so I wanted to change that. So the second G-checkpoint is how? What will it take? Like, how are you going to do that? Now, often the how is not a point to be taken lightly because often at this point it means you're going to need help yeah so my extra help was i had to go and seek a therapist i had to dig things up from quite some years ago i had to call people i had to ask questions uncomfortable questions i had to consult Doctors, I, I had to do a lot in order to get my answers. And I'll be totally honest with you. Some of the answers I wasn't happy with. Some of the answers I couldn't believe. But at least I had closure. Um, third G checkpoint, when, what steps will it take to begin? So we, we've established we want to change. We've established why we want to change. We established what it means to us. So now when? When are we gonna do it? What what's the starting point? Um, in a way, mine's a bit of a cheat because my starting point, the thought was there before, but my starting point was I had a breakdown. And actually, many people would have just recovered from the breakdown and continued. But I saw it as an opportunity to start again, fresh, completely. And I thought if I'm down, can't go any further down. So let me try from here, you know, so what's your starting point going to be? What steps will you take from where you are to begin? You know, my beginning was breakdown. And the next, the last G-checkpoint is process. Do not put time on change. Because as, as well as you wanting that change, Change is happening all around you as you are working. So at the same time that I wanted change, the world was still spinning. Day to day things were still happening. Life is still going. Life doesn't wait. Time doesn't say, oh, Sharina's, you know, found out she wants to change. Let's pause. No, everything still continues. So just understand that. That can have that can be a factor as to how long things can take. That could be a factor as to, for example, you might be trying to change in a particular type of way mentally maybe mentally you want to become stronger but you work a 9 to 5 you might be a mom you might um you know you might be really tired and then you still got to find time on the side to try and adapt this change so i just want to remind you allow time allow time for that process because when i first wanted change I said, in two months, I'm going to be like this. When the truth is my habitual behaviours that had brought me to that point was 17 years worth of habitual behaviours. Th- that cannot be removed in two months just like that. It's not to say miracles can't be done and prayer and all that can't um, be a part of that process or be a crutch in that process, but emotionally and all of that stuff, There's there's certain layers you're going to have to peel back. And just a reminder again that change is about removing the layers upon layers that cause that initial eruption, yeah? So there's something deep down within you that has been triggered by something to say, nah, this has got to stop, or no, I need to do something different, or whatever it is. Something has triggered you to do that, and where that trigger has come from believe it or not it was put there (laughs) if you trace it back whatever it might be so mine was the fact i wanted to be more my trigger was i had a mental breakdown my trigger wasn't mental breakdown that was the opportunity my trigger one year before that was the fact that i really wanted to um get into the uh buying a house and my credit was appalling I didn't really pay my bills on time at the time. This is like nine, 10 years ago. Um, And, you know, I, I couldn't do much with credit and stuff like that. And so that was the initial trigger. Oh, I need to change this because, right? And then a year later, ended up in that opportunity of a breakdown. And like I said, to be honest with you, even then, I didn't sort that side out until five years ago. So in that five years, I sorted out my mental. I sorted out all of those other areas, which actually enabled me to then move on to be able to work with the physical, which was at that time finance. Yeah, which obviously in my previous podcast, I explained the journey that I'm on now. And had I have not had that trigger seven years ago, I definitely wouldn't be here where I am because I wouldn't have fixed it. I would have just been saying, I wanna change, I wanna change, but what would I actually have done? So change requires action, yeah? And what I'm saying sounds pretty obvious, but a lot of people don't realize that there is a process to change. It doesn't just happen overnight. And I think we've become a popcorn generation. We wanna be able to put it in the microwave and wake up 9 a.m. tomorrow and it's there. And it doesn't happen like that. I am a product of eight years down the line. And even now, still unplugging things, devouring layers, still trying to, um, you know, be the ve- the best the best version of myself. <clears throat> you know, every day I'm learning. Every um, conversation is a new opportunity to get more. Strip back, strip back, and it's simply because we stay within our comfort zones and we do what we know and sometimes we are really if you want to think of it in a disgusting way (laughs) we are building plaque on our teeth that's kind of what it is you don't brush your teeth for a long time you're going to build up plaque and our habitual behaviors comes like plaque it blocks the enamel but not in a good way because over the course of time your teeth go yellow so if you think about it in your change if you keep doing what's comfortable and what you know The plaque that will develop on you will be things like blockage of opportunity, blockage of wisdom, blockage of growth and development. And over the course of time, you don't become yellow, but you become stale, which means you know what that means. Like you might not have a business. You might not thrive in what you want to do. You might feel very low self-esteem because you don't feel successful or you don't feel needed or you don't feel like you've got a purpose. That's when your plaque develops if you get the analogy. (laughs) So yes, the uncomfortable truth of change. I might do another layer of this another time, a more scientific version um, so that you can hear where it comes from on that part. But I just wanted to put it out there on this very basic level first and then we might go into depth later on. Change can look like uncertainty. Change has no direct structure or direction. But you can trust that you'll be doing something that's never been done. Therefore, something new has to come. So I had to understand how powerful change is and that it's not against me and it is for me. And it encourages me into greater things, even beyond what I could imagine. And it doesn't mean that necessarily change will always be good. And I say that because sometimes you're being encouraged into something that doesn't necessarily look how you would expect, but the outcome of it will be greater. You know, maybe you're having to challenge a circumstance that's really negative and you just don't know why, but the outcome of it might be better. Um, Change allows for opportunity to come your way. When you start to pull back on the scales that are blinding you or, you know, blocking your hearing or blocking your vision or anything like that, you know, it allows for you to be able to see on a deeper level, physically, spiritually and everything else. It allows for opportunities to come your way because your mind becomes broader to accept um, what is for you and also to accept what isn't for you. You know, not fear of clinging on to things that's not even for you, but you hold on anyway just because it's an opportunity. You know, Um, change allows your mind to be open. And the reason is because you sit well within yourself to understand that whatever is for you will be for you. You know, it opens your mind to not be judgmental because you now have an empathetic understanding of whatever it might be after you've gone through your process, you know, so now, um, because I went through my process, now I have a lot of wisdom, now I have a lot of empathy, I have a lot of love, I have have so much to give, whereas before I was holding all of that back, I wasn't really giving those things before, because I didn't see why I should, you know, whereas it's not about me, (laughs) it's not about me, change means that You could be holding back in your life something that's meant for somebody else. But due to your lack of wisdom, due to your lack of knowledge, you didn't realize. Maybe there's a connection that you're meant to make with someone based on the tools or your expertise that you have. And you don't give it based on your hindrances. And then they suffer. You know, that's how deep it can be sometimes. Change allows space to create. This isn't just for creative people, just in general. Change sometimes blocks the way that you think. It blocks the creative streams of ideas, um, solutions, um, conversations, and even your vocabulary and the way that you come across your energy, your aura. Change can block them if you don't unchange. And if you don't remove certain things that you don't know don't look attractive or put you across in a very negative way, if you don't remove those things, you're not gonna know why people don't want to talk to you, or why don't why don't you have any friends, or why is it you make a connection but they never stay, or there's multiple facets to this, you know? So it allows space to create, however, you may create. You don't have to be a creative, it could be you could be a banker. And your change could be um you've healed from family trauma that allows you to wanna build something in the community. For example, but maybe the dislike that you had for what you went through or what your family went through, you could be holding onto a burden that holds you captive to not want to produce that. And therefore your whole community is missing up. That's an example. Um change allows us to partake in something new change i feel doesn't really have a direction because we don't necessarily always know the end goal but we know we're moving towards something different to what i was doing before something different to what i was thinking before something different to what i was manifesting before um something different to what i was believing before why because i'm coming from a new space now clean thoughts um clean thinking, understanding my triggers, understanding my wounds, understanding that where I mentally was coming from before was pain. And so every word that was uttered out my mouth was pain, you know, understanding that you're coming from a place of burden and maybe you're the only one in your family that is breaking a cycle, for example. And it can be a heavy one for example, Um, and maybe you feel resentful that maybe you didn't have a childhood or you didn't have teenagehood, or maybe you became a young mum or something happened and it's caused you to have to carry this thing. And so you harbour feelings and therefore your dreams haven't come true. Not because of you, but you need to make that change within yourself so you can remove the scales and remove the veils that are covering you up. And be revealed and be the diamond that you are, you know, that's an example of something new. We don't know what the change looks like, but we can only gravitate to what we hope for. We can only gravitate to what we hope for. So this conversation today was on the uncomfortable truth about change. I'm definitely going to do a part two. So I hope that I will see you on the next one. Welcome, welcome to episode four of Thoughts Within The Journey podcast. I'm your host, Sharina Costens and today we're going to talk about the fear of success. So ladies and gents, it's been a while since I came back on the pod, and I'm so, so sorry. A lot of you have been asking, where are you? I basically took a little hiatus from work a three-month break where I um, just had some me time and um, for those of you that don't know I am self-employed so sometimes we work very long periods without a break and so I decided that over the summer was a perfect time to spend some time with the family and also rejuvenate and come back for the latter part of the year so that's where I've been however As always, I want to thank each and every one of you who have kept listening to the episodes, sharing with your friends and our little community, Um, and for the newcomers, welcome. I'm so excited to, you know, keep this journey going, and as of now, we should be consistent. So let's get into this, the fear of success. So the fear of success, wow, I never knew it was a thing until I bumped into it. So I'm sure there's a few of you out there who are going to realise after listening to this that it's a fig, And you might know someone that knows someone that knows someone, or that someone might be you, that you realise your position in life right now is because of the fear of success. So for me, I had no idea what this thing was and how this looked. If you've listened to some of my previous podcasts, you will see things like procrastination, change, all these different things. And I just notice that in life you have to morph, you have to grow, you have to develop. And sometimes that developmental stage can be super scary because where you are now to where you're going to go, there's a gap. And you don't know what that gap is going to force you to have to do. A lot of the time it's things that you're uncomfortable with a lot of the time is pushing you out of your comfort zone or it's simply things you've never done before so you're thinking to yourself well what's on the other side and often our fears come from the things that we've either been through things people have said to us um situations that have sort of tormented us and our own doubts in our minds So let's go into like, what does the fear of success look like? So what does it look like? So I just kind of put down five of the top things that I found um, were situations that kind of revolved around my fear of success. So number one, um, comparing yourself. So comparing yourself to other people, looking at what A, B and C are doing and saying, oh, but... I'm not as good as them or um, I haven't got more qualifications than them or um, but they've got a better videographer than me or you know oh but their Instagram's better than mine oh but they've got more followers than me blah 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 they're prettier than me maybe I didn't say these things but these are things I've come across when I see people who have a fear of success and all that is whenever you compare yourself to someone else You're always going to find a reason to be negative. You're never going to find a reason to promote yourself. And you're never going to put yourself above those people. Simply because in your mind, you put them on a pedestal. And in your opinion, your perspective, from your imagination, you deem them in a position that you could never be. When the truth is, in this life, we can be anything we want to be. You can be... In the highest position that you want to be, and you can also be in the lowest position that you want to be. It's literally a matter of choice. It's a matter of are you going to take action? It's a matter of okay, let's say that person did have more followers, and maybe you wanted to have more followers on Instagram. Are you going to a course that can teach you how to do that? Are you speaking with the right people who may be in that position as to how did you do that? Are you prepared to invest in? Whatever it takes to get to know more. Like, why do we, when we compare, why do we always sort of slander ourselves instead of equipping ourselves? The minute you equip yourself with the knowledge that you think you didn't have, you automatically become powerful. Automatically, you become powerful because you now have the tools to get to the next step. So, number one, comparing yourself. You are your own enemy of progress. Trust me. Number two, putting off why you're not doing something. So let's say, for example, let's just talk in business context or maybe your job or maybe something you love doing or maybe just in the element of something you do want to do. Yeah. And there's three steps until, let's say, a massive launch or you're about to release something or about to do something or three steps until your situation could blow yeah let's just say that you do step one and two because yeah yeah, one and two but then three means that if once i do this this is it once i do that this i don't know what's on the other side once i do this my life could change and i don't know what that change looks like like what if this happens tomorrow (laughs) i.e what if i do blow and i'm not in a financial situation like I was today? What if I blow and I get really known? Or what if I blow and then I fail? What if, what if, yeah? So then we take ages as to why we do step three. I'm tired, I'll do it later. Oh, the girls asked me to go out. Let me do that and then when I get in, and when you get in, you're tired. I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week. (laughs) Until before you know it, six months have gone by and then you say to yourself, oh, I'm not good enough because I didn't put that project out or I didn't do that thing that could have propelled me. Doing step three could have put me in a better situation or sometimes life happens. And had you done that step three, you would have been in a better situation. So that's number two, putting off why you're not doing something. Number three. Maybe. You're the first of your peers or your family doing the thing that you want to do. So maybe you're the first to start that business. Maybe you're the first to qualify at university. Maybe you're the first buying a house. Maybe you're the first getting married. Maybe you're the first, um, you know, if your family's been through traumatic relationships, you're the first of a healthy relationship. Maybe you're the first to get a driving license. I don't know. Okay, maybe that one's a bit old school, but. Just saying some, you know, ideas. Maybe you're the first of your generation and amongst your peers to be doing what you're doing. And that is scary as ever to step out in boldness by yourself to go and do something that potentially you're going to be remembered for. There's also, depending on your personality type. So me, I'm I'm actually an introvert first. People get it twisted because obviously if you know who and what I do I'm quite a bubbly nature I'm quite out there externally my I would say my voice is extrovert but as a person my personality is introvert which means I don't like to be around a lot of people I do not like to be in the limelight um and I generally could be happy not going out that's actually deep down who I am but sometimes I have to break the mold because a lot of the work I do requires networking or meeting people or um just having to do the thing I didn't really want to do otherwise I'd never have clients and I wouldn't have a business but sometimes you could be the first within your family or friends doing it and that can be so daunting because sometimes you you might not have support not just from them but you might not be rolling with a team so to speak you know like you might have to step out first Show people what you're about and then you might develop a team. You might have to step out first to show funders that your business is viable to get money. You might have to step out first and go to the bank um, for a loan, for example, where maybe your family's never done that before. You know, you may be the first to have to get a mentor or a coach to teach you how to get there. Maybe they've never done that before. You may be the first to have to put your, you know, register your business and start paying taxes and whatever else. That might be a first. Take it out of the business concept. You might be the first to have that professional job, a certain title manager or um, overseer or. um, Can't even think of titles right now. (laughs) I've really kind of separated myself from titles, but you know what I'm saying? Maybe there's that dream job you really hoped for and. Whilst dreaming about it, it was great. But then when it really happened, it was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) I've really done it, you know. Or maybe there's a certain salary you've always wanted and you finally achieved it. And then you just got that feeling of, oh my God, what now? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was my number three. Maybe you're the first doing uh, what you're going to do. And that is very daunting. And you know what? It's okay. I've realised having a little bit of fear is okay because... If it's enough to push you to keep going, it's fine. But if it's too much or it stagnates you, that's terrible. Do you know? Number four, people don't understand your vision or your dreams. So I remember when I first sort of came out and you want the whole world to love your idea. Because it's your baby. (laughs) And the truth is, not everyone's going to get your idea. Or not everyone's going to understand why you're doing what you do. I've had friends, for example, who have moved country. Like, just up and left because that's what they wanted to do. And their family were like, what? But why? <laughs> London's amazing, or whatever. But for them, for whatever they wanted to do, it was actually worthwhile moving. You know? Moving meant dropping friends sometimes. It meant... I know for one person, they um gave up their place. Um... You know, obviously people with like no children and stuff. But that was a sacrifice, but it was one that they knew would pay off because that's what their situation needed, you know? And we need to kind of get to a place of understanding that sometimes when God gives us a vision, it's not going to necessarily be for the public to know about straight away, number one. So you might be building this thing for a very long time quietly. And then the other side of it is that the people who are supposed to be a part of that vision, the goal, the dream, he will bring them in the right time and in a way that you won't need to beg, you won't need to really ask. All you need to do is say, I do this and I'm currently looking for this. And when the right person comes along, they'll be like, oh my God, I've been looking for this opportunity all along. And bam, there you go. And it sounds fairy ish but that's exactly how it happens, you know? So you will start to become aligned with the right people that you're supposed to share this vision with and effectively work together. Sometimes you're there to break a cycle. Sometimes you're there to break a generational curse. Sometimes you're there to inspire those that came before us who was unable to achieve some things. The the ones that uh, came before us, sometimes they were under a certain amount of pressure and didn't know that these opportunities were available to them. You know? back in the day, it wasn't necessarily the greatest thing to start a business because they needed security, you know? But equally, if you're starting something that is going to be beneficial for a future of another generation that can see it differently, go ahead and do it. (laughs) Do it. Number five, you've been told something. Either you're not good enough, it will never work, your business won't make money, That job's just going to keep you hostage until you die. (laughs) Um, You're crazy for doing that. Um, Do you really think people will buy into you? Do you think you'll ever become a manager in that job? Um, You know, whatever. People say all kinds of things. And you know what, yeah? I've come to understand that it's not that people are bad-minded or people don't like you or anything. They just don't understand what you see in that opportunity. Whether it's a job, whether it's a goal, whether it's a move, just something that seems outlandish to them. And the thing is, they're not in your head. And sometimes I've kind of got to the point where I just don't even explain anymore. I just do what I'm doing. And if I know that I'm on that path for a specific reason, I just keep doing it. And in the end, they're the ones that will come and say, oh, well done. That's my friend. I know her (laughs) because in the end it comes together. You know, just like a puzzle on the floor. A puzzle on the floor looks like a headache to someone who's not into puzzles. But for someone who's into puzzles, it will take them a while before they figure it out. But in the end, they create the picture. And to them, that's the achievement. Whereas to someone else, that's a headache. I can't be bothered. That's not for me and good for you. You get the analogy? So sometimes, just keep your stuff to yourself. If it's a case of you're around people that don't understand or have never seen that particular thing before, or their certain mindset is just not where yours is. Sometimes the evolvement of a mindset can even be the difference between you and someone. Why you might evolve out of a friendship. Why um, you might go on to become financially free, but someone else sees financial freedom as holding onto their job. Like that's two different mindsets, you know? So I created a little slogan for myself. For the word fear. So I know there's one where it says false evidence appearing real. uh, False evidence appearing real. That's not mine, but somebody created that. And I decided that when I found out that I had the fear of success initially, I decided to create forward evolving after realizing. Forward evolving after realizing. Because when I realized I was capable, When I realized I wasn't a weirdo, when I realized I had something to bring to the world that the world needed, it meant I needed to go forward. I had to evolve. And it was after realizing why am I scared of the thing? The thing I I was scared of in terms of success was more so the what if. The what if. Just what if. I blow. (laughs) What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if? What if? What if? (laughs) I could create a song out of it because that's literally how my brain was. What if? (laughs) And I had to tell my mind something else. Fear is like a volcanic explosion of emotion, consuming one's ability to think straight. Now say this, forward evolving after realising. So I had to tell my mind to be quiet. (laughs) Be quiet. Because you're creating solutions, not even solutions, situations that don't even exist. What if this happens? What What if it doesn't happen? <laughs> How about that? What if it doesn't happen? And fear really stems from... Like, energetically, it's just... It's like, a, it's like the body's having a false alarm. And it goes into panic mode. And then we create a story in our head. And then we run with that story, potentially. But before the story's even happened, that means... You're turning up to your situation with a certain energy that could displace what's really happening. So because of your fear, you might turn up to your job interview and definitely not get the job. Whereas had you walked in with confidence believing that, you know, what's for you will be for you, the energy is so different. Because of your fear, you might forget your sentences. Because of your fear, you might not put your best self forward. Because of your fear, you might even look fearful. And not confident to the the client who you're going to. So therefore, they then think you're not capable. When had you gone in with your confident self, just trusting the process and just knowing that what's for you is for you. They would have been like, I can see a little bit of nerves there. But you know what? We can work with that. We can't work with someone who can't answer questions. Because how are they going to treat our customers? We can't work with someone that doesn't know how to answer because... We need someone to talk to who can communicate well. Do you see the difference? So that's why for me, I decided from now on, I will be fearful of success still. Doesn't mean I'm over it. But my fear will be a forward evolving after realising. So I'm fearful, and there's that book that says feel the fear and do it anyway. I'm fearful, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm fearful, but the life I expect of myself and the life I deserve is actually more um what's the word? Like it's it's the life I'm expecting for myself is much better of a reward than the tiny little fear that I have prior it thinking what's gonna happen. As human beings, we've become so it's like we wanna be mystic make, we wanna know what's next, we wanna know what color it is, we wanna know what side. you know, how is it gonna be. God just wants us to experience life as it's happening and just trust that you bring your brilliance to this world and everything will just map out. Obviously, life happens, the the, the hurdles, the bump in the roads, the the um, you know the, the, the sad times. But equally, all of that is to build up your character, build up who you are so that you can stand firm in various situations and be versatile with it and not use the same strategy that you've been using again and again and again and again and again and again you know so let's just have a little recap number one keep comparing yourself don't do it number two putting off why you're not doing something number three maybe you are the first of your peers or family doing the thing that you're choosing to do number four people don't always understand your vision or dreams and that is okay number five You've been told something like you're not deserving or it won't work. And unfortunately, you've believed it and allowed that speech over your life to consume you in such a way that you just didn't do the thing you could have done. So from now on, when that little breeze of fear comes your way, I want you to preach. Forward, evolving, after realizing because that's all it takes once we realize something we can change the habit that we've been doing and as long as we stick hard at that habit it will become a new habit wow 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 what a powerful powerful episode how many of us deep down can really say i can relate to the fear of success Well, I really hope you resonated with a few of the things that I have put forward and I hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening.